Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, the podcast that brings you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Mike Ludwig, Kyle Mersch, Wyatt Teeter, and special guest host, Ariane Barry, as we talk about Cyclone football, NFL, the MLB, and of course, our signature segments, your weekly turtle tab, Mike's Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Prediction. Got it right that time. I did not get fired. Third time's the charm. See, we we can't fire him even if he does keep screwing it up because, you know, he does like all the, you know, producing stuff that we don't know how to do. So he, he's kind of important. We could fire you, Kyle, and we'd be fine. But we can't <laughs> fire him. That's why I'm That's here. Fine. Hashtag replace yeah. Kyle I mean, with Ariane. We're already working with your replacement, so. I yeah, it's good to have you back now. on the podcast, Ariane. We yeah, love to hear to your voice. I was the one who made the suggestion that if we switched to tonight, Arion could actually make it. That's true. And I could actually make it too. You're not as important as Arion either. That you is true. Do, I do, agree do with that. Stuff. Honestly, Mike and I could record by ourselves and then you could just do do the other stuff. That is also true. Uh, that, that was a feasible thing. So let's get into the sports and talk about my favorite sport, which is the sport of cycling. Curling? Not curling. Okay, nah. I thought I'd take a guess. That's a solid Water number. Polo. Three. No, that's Pol- probably, just that's like polo? Seven. Horse polo? No. Yeah. Like Ralph Pol- Polo Lauren? Ralph Lauren polos? <laughs> <laughs> Good try. Isn't that sport. the horse thing? They have the horse logo, just right? Called, the guy with yes, the stick? Yes. That's, that's just, just polo. That's, I learned something new today. Polo. Cyclone football is what I was trying to prompt for. <laughs> right. Cyclone football. Invented like, by Ralph Lauren. <laughs> Ralph Lauren. Technically, yes. There is big news in Cyclone football. What? I'm sure you all. I'm sure you've all heard by now. Because if you haven't heard, you're probably living under a rock. But that's a college game day is coming to Ames for the first time in Iowa State history. We got college game day. First time ever in the Cyhawk. First time ever in Ames. It's a big deal. Iowa State fans are pumped. Woo-hoo. So. Uh, based, the details, uh, the, the show itself will start at 8 o'clock Central Time on Saturday morning. They'll be broadcasting from the uh, just outside the Sukup End Zone Club there on the north side of the stadium, right? That's the, the north side, south of, the side, south of, the south side of the stadium. I gave it you a try. You should know that. We always entered through the north, Mike. I gave it a try. It's been a also, while. Also, they're doing now. renovations on the north side of the stadium. It's all tore up and also gross. true. Yeah, so. apparently it causes the band a headache, but that's a different story. Anyway, but yes, they will be there on the south side of the end zone. Um, I heard that the uh, parking lots are opening at 5 o'clock, so you might want to yep. get there early if you want a uh, spot in the crowd at College Game Day in Ames this weekend. And I mean, College Game Day is great. It's big for the program, but it really has no bearing on the game. So let's right. talk about... well. You say it does have bearing on the game, Wyatt? I think it increases the pressure tenfold. On who? On us? On Iowa? Who? Uh, on Iowa State. Um, I mean, we're obviously hosting. Also, traditionally, we're pretty bad at dealing under pressure. So that was it. Continue what you were talking about. Okay. I mean, four years ago, we were we were a two or three win team talking about firing our like homebred coach. And we did. And we, we did, did, and that's why we're good, because he was god-awful. Yeah, that's true. That, that is true. We don't miss you, Coach Rhodes. Not at all. I wish you got fired two years earlier. Then maybe you would have gotten to go to a ball game, I had. That would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> Just cry in my room. We'll all go to one this year together. You paying? Nope. I'll pay for myself, but we uh, can do I... it anyway. We'll I, I think Wyatt just volunteered. Damn it. But anyway, um, Cyclones did have a bye week, so we don't have an actual Hopefully game. Hopefully they figured out how to play offense during that bye week. Yeah, or just, you know, decide, told them that, okay, we're actually going to play a real offense this week as opposed to just deciding to run the ball like we did last week. So I think the run. offense looks significantly different on Saturday than it did last week. Despite the bye week, the Cyclones did fall out of the top 25. We fell to number 26 because, you know, AP voters have a short memory. 
So they didn't. Well, I mean, honestly, having a short memory would probably be good for us because I was surprised we stayed in, given how we had to play three overtimes against you and I. Yeah. I couldn't well, complain about it really. Yeah. It just takes a, a slight bit of sparkle off the Cy here since it's not a uh, top twenty-five matchup. It's That's a number, true. It's a number eighteen versus number uh, number twenty-four, twenty-six. Sorry. Number 18 versus number 26 matchup instead. Just takes a little bit of the luster off of it. But, I mean, still a huge game like we've been talking about for this program. So, I don't know. Um, There's some injury updates. Uh, Biggest injury updates, we told you last week that Kene Nwongu hurt himself during the UNI game. He is probable, uh, so expected to be available for the Iowa game. Uh, Colin Newell, the center is listed as questionable. Well, at least that's what Matt Campbell said to a conference today. So we should know more about Newell here coming up Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, he is questionable, and Nwangu is probable. So it looks good that both of them will play, which would be very good for the Cyclones if we could go to that Iowa game in full strength, especially since Iowa is missing one of their starting offensive linemen with an injury too. And we really need that whole offensive line healthy because Iowa State's defensive line is definitely the best part of that team. So I get it. Nate Stanley has put up some more. Like, that's Nate, right? Nate Stanley. I always called him Flat Stanley, but yeah, I believe so. Yeah, okay. Nate Stanley. <laughs> I know he's put up some big numbers against, you know, bad teams like Miami of Ohio. And but, uh, Rutgers. Yeah. But Rutgers. Uh, I don't think that uh, – I think that their defensive line is their biggest uh, unit. I feel like this is going to be a low-scoring game dominated by the defenses. I feel like 14 points might be enough to win this game like it was last year. So, I don't it know. It usually comes down to that in this game. It's not usually a high-scoring affair. Two years Especially ago, though. Two years ago, it was. That's true. Yeah, that overtime game. But that was that was very atypical of any Cyhawk mm-hmm. game in recent history. Yeah. Defenses definitely dominate. True. It was was normal that we lost. Hopefully we actually have a better special teams game this year than we did last year. That is part of what killed us, right? Because good defenses need good punters. Because if you're going to rely on your defense, you can't have your punter be giving them good field position. And And in close games, the thing that makes the difference, makes or breaks a game is special teams. Mm -hmm. in close games yeah as we saw against you and i we had the better special teams and we ended up winning actually we didn't they had the better special teams just kidding their kicker looked pretty good yeah can the vikings sign their kicker (laughs) maybe the jets should sign their kicker after missing a field goal and an extra point and losing by one maybe maybe the colts should sign their kicker because adam vinatieri missed an extra point and two field goals he's only 73 give him a break (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the Bears are probably still looking for a kicker, so he made his only field goal. That doesn't mean they're not still looking. <laughs> They'll just sign Carly Lloyd. They'll just fire him in the middle of the season and pick a new one. They don't care. Yeah, that's what the Vikings do all the time. So my dream Except would be they have for this a bad habit the of exact same way this year. That would be fun. Another double doinker. The yeah, Vikings like to trade draft picks for kickers who don't work out. Yeah, but no, yeah. it was all a ploy. See, now the Jets have them. We just wanted to screw over the Jets. Yeah. Mike, Mike Zimmer destroys. Mike Zimmer just destroys kickers. Like that—that's all he does. He killed Blair Walsh. He killed that's Corey Vettig. He, he kills kickers. Mike Zimmer is gonna quit football because of how much he hates kickers. Just, just that he doesn't think kickers should be in the sport of football. I think, think that we should consolidate the position to one kicker. I can't believe teams don't do that more often. Just have a kicker instead of a kicker and a punter. Considering how valuable roster spots are, you would think every NFL team would be doing that by now. That's what the Vikings were trying to do with Corey Vedvik. Is he eventually yeah. they were gonna? The plan was to have him be the punter this year while Dan Bailey was still on a one-year deal, and then him be the kicker and the punter next year. But he sucked at both kicking and punting, so we had to cut him. <laughs> that does make it harder to do. Well, that. that's what. That's what the Chargers are doing right now. They signed a CFL kicker and punter, so he's doing both for them. But, but you know, we got off, top. Why don't, off of, well, off let's, of let's, special teams in the NFL. 
We're not on special teams in the NFL. We're still talking we, about Cyclone football. We yeah. were. Right, right. Well, I was I, trying to get us back there. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about. We're talking about. We need you. We need your Cyhawk ex, uh, analysis and predictions. Were you about to say expert predictions? No, I was. I was just gonna say predictions, and then I went okay. with. Uh, I was gonna say expertise, but then I didn't. So expert prediction. Um, like like we said, I think defense is gonna be a strong. Uh, suit of this game so if you are a fan of atypical uh, big 12 football um, (laughs) and you like lots of defense then this game is for you Um, I believe that both teams are going to be stout on defense with the Cyclone defensive line having a good game Um, I believe this will be a low scoring game and I think the first two I think the first to 20 points will win the game for sure, but anybody who gets to like either 14 or 16 points will have a very good shot of winning this game. Um, my final prediction is 19 to 16. 19. Iowa State. How do you expect a team to get to 19? If you can tell me uh, how they got to 19. So one touchdown each and then a whole lot of field goals. I mean, I suppose Wait. that does get you to nineteen sixteen. It does. That would be. That's. I think. I think that teams will be that's able. That's four to, field goals. I think that teams will be able to get down the field into field goal range, but I don't think they'll be able to go beyond that. Okay. And each team will have at least one touchdown. Okay. Oh yeah. And what about you? Um. <clears throat> I would say. Iowa State has their best performances when nothing is expected of them. That's always when they do their best work. Having college game day here obviously is the opposite of that. If they didn't care about us, they wouldn't be here. Therefore, Iowa State will crumble under the pressure, and we're going to lose probably right at the end of the game to Iowa. And I'm going to say it'll probably be 17-21. Okay, so a close game still. Close game. Always a close game. But late fourth quarter touchdown by the Hawkeyes. Yep. And then at some point in the er the late third, early fourth, there will be a call that you can complain about, and I would say (laughs) we'll use that for the entire rest of the year to say we lost. Uh, that, that that would be pretty much par for the course. That is that right there is expert analysis. Yeah, it is. All right, Wyatt. What about you? I think I think Ariane's point of view there is not pessimistic, but realistic. And I'm going to go completely optimistic and say it's still going to be a close game. I don't think anybody can say it's going to swing one way or another by a large margin. But I'm going to have Iowa State overcoming the pressure of not only College Game Day, but also trying to actually get a Cyhawk game title within what five years, six years. Well, yeah, Some... the last time they got one, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're going to overcome that pressure. It's just going to be a thing that we no longer choke under pressure. It's going to start this year. And it's going to be a good game. Iowa State. Oh. Can't really be a high scoring game, but it's got to be close. So let's do 18 to 21. Iowa State. Okay. 18. All right. Okay. The spread is Iowa by two. It opened Iowa State by two. It's extended all the way to Iowa by two now. So, mm-hmm. and I don't see the over under on here. So, so that means like, all what, the all the money has been flowing to us. I do not make score predictions on Iowa State games until game day, so I'm not going to make one now. I'll jinx the whole thing. I think Iowa <laughs> State's going to win, but I'm not going to tell you a score prediction. Well, I will jinx gonna... the whole thing. If it's going to change where they're no longer, they no longer crumble under pressure, maybe you need to initiate nope, a change nope, by nope, telling nope, your nope, score nope, prediction. Nope. I'm going to jinx the whole thing. We shouldn't have put it on the outline come... then. I thought the rule was you couldn't make your score prediction until you get to the Bergstrom practice facility. That was the rule, yes. So you changed the rule, so why don't you just no, no, change it again? That, that is the rule, yes. So, so do you never make a score prediction. Do you go to Bergstrom every Saturday still? Uh, when I'm down in Ames, I will. So if you're not, like, you can't it. show your score prediction. Right. Which I didn't for you and I, if it might be noticed. No scores for the rest of the year unless you're there. Yeah, I'll be there a few times, so you'll get a couple of score predictions. Don't I'll worry. be there for alumni. 
Same. Anyway, let's actually talk about the NFL now. And Ariane, I know why you wanted to be on here really was to talk about Antonio Brown. You want to fill us in on this whole Antonio Brown saga here in the last week and give us your two cents? Oh, it is a whole thing. So obviously, (laughs) we have talked about this even when I was on here before Antonio Brown, be it the the burned feet in the middle of summer, which was amazing. Uh, The helmet holdout, which he eventually settled. And I don't know if you guys saw it, did a dramatic photo shoot with his new helmet. I don't know if you saw those pictures. Was it, was it like were... a baby? Was he like cradling Basically, like a baby or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like frolicking with it on. It was great. <laughs> so everything seemed fine. It seemed like we were good. And Antonio Brown was done being an idiot for a while. Then we get the reports. Well, no, we got an Instagram post first of yep. him uh, with a picture of a fine notice that the Raiders gave him tweeting something cryptic about the devil being a lie and uh, he, everybody has to pay and <laughs> Just really sounded like he was having a stroke. Um, <laughs> everybody was wondering about that in the first place. Then a couple of days later, a new report comes out that he had to be restrained by Vontae's perfect of all players because he was trying to get at Mike Mayock in a practice. And I don't know that I've heard about a uh, a player trying to attack their GM for a while, but so that I mean, happened. I've heard, of a, I've heard of a player throwing a dumbbell at the head coach before. Well, yeah, I've, I've heard of coaches. That's happened a couple times. Never the GM, though, I don't think. I, I will agree with Ariane on that one. Yeah. So after that, they decided he probably wasn't going to play because that seems like a fair thing to decide. They were going to suspend him for week one. Then all of a sudden, John Gruden says, I don't know if he should be suspended for week one. Now Antonio Brown is playing again, even though he just, verbally and threatened to physically assault his GM. He's now playing in week one. Now, after all of this, you think you're good again. But all of a sudden, here he comes back to social media to release an oddly well-edited video (laughs) of him playing with his kids and being on the field in black and white while a voiceover of a phone call with John Gruden that he had is playing over the background. And, I mean, the first thing I thought was, when did this get made? Who made this? Why did this get made? And why would you post it now that you're allowed to play? You could have just left it and everything would have been fine. But no, he posts this weird video that he pulled from who knows where. And now people are like, well, you got you to gotta find him or suspend him. They find him. They took out all of his guaranteed money, thus making him essentially a week-to-week player to get his money he would have to play in that game. He said, I'm not playing for that. And then they waived him, and who else would pick him up but the person who picks up all players, the Patriots, to just ruin everyone's whole year. (laughs) The fact that they now have a receiving core of Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, and Danny Amendola is ridiculous. And Julian Edelman. And Julian Edelman. No, they don't have uh, Amendola anymore. Sorry. Yes, Julian Edelman, tiny white guy. Yeah. They're all the same. Yeah, and basically. James White, he's a running yeah. back, but he's literally a receiver. But I was like, if you have a New England running back in any of your fantasy leagues, just get rid of him. They're just going to run four wideouts the whole time. Tom Brady's not even going to play the whole game because he's going to get so tired of throwing the ball 40 times. They're going to have to put in his backup, which who knows who that is because the Jared Patriots trade every backup they have. Seventh round pick out of Auburn. Maybe Tom Brady's ego doesn't feel threatened by him like it did for Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) they basically pulled a Kevin Durant to the Warriors Mm. for their offense. Well, but but Antonio Brown put like a Jimmy Butler to the Timberwolves. That is also true, yes. But who we and they're also of, fl- they're also uh, friends, Jimmy Butler and Antonio Brown. I'm told. Makes a so. lot of sense. They must have been on a phone call. Like, hey, how do you just ruin a team? They, give me your have, give me your step by step process on how to screw over an entire team. D- don't show up and then show up and take the third team yeah. and wreck the first team in practice and then swear at every person on the staff. <laughs> <laughs> and then and and then walk calmly into the ESPN interview that you had scheduled for practice right? for after practice that after. The way Jimmy did it was way cooler 
than the I way agree. Antonio did it. Jimmy was highly inappropriate, but it was also a stud move that only the best players can do. Antonio Brown has people wondering if he's like legitimately a head case now, <laughs> like if he's okay and he needs to get help. And we need to be hoping that this doesn't make the Patriots receivers better. We need to hope that somehow this Antonio Brown mental like issue can just be brought to the Patriots and just ruin their whole organization. Then, years and years of Belichick and Brady undone by one insane man. That would be fun. Dying his mustache white and having weird haircuts and being really upset that people like look at him or whatever sets him off these days. I don't know. Sounds like a. He plot thought it was cold movie. in a hyperbaric chamber. He's gonna have a problem in New England. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Wyatt, I think we need to add about four things to our list of things football players shouldn't do for this. Are you ready? Four things. I think All it's right. four. Go ahead. Don't uh, put your fine notice on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Or call your GM a devil. I was going to say, don't call your yeah, that. Don't attack your GM. Yeah, don't Definitely verbally and physically one. threaten your GM. Um, don't Post a video of a phone conversation with your head coach. That may or may not be illegal in, under California right, law. <laughs> right. That might get you in prison for a year. And, oh, what was the fourth thing? Don't get your uh, $30 million guaranteed contract voided. That's, that's a best. good one. That's a fourth that's, thing. That's a, that's a pretty good one. Also, just to go back to it, he was held back by Von Tays Perfect. NFL record leader in just getting all the fines. And a man who killed Antonio Brown on the field. That was the last time that Antonio Brown actually had his head on properly. Mm -hmm. It's probably Vontaze Perfect's fault. He's crazy now. You're right. (laughs) People were like worried he wasn't going to get up after that hit. He was just a limp dead body. (laughs) Well, he got up and now he's this. Yeah. He should hit him again. That's what we need to do. (laughs) From the other side. Yeah. Oh. Right. So anyway. since we added some things to the list of things football players shouldn't do, do you guys want to go over them now? I have a do question, it. though. Yeah. Yes. How many of these, either just in a number or even if we, it's easy, a percentage, how many of them are just Antonio Brown? 24%. We will, we will count as we go through this list. 24%. Six of, wait, no, not 20. Six of, six of 25. Okay. That's pretty good. You can check my math while I go through them. We'll start all the way back at number one with don't beat your family members. Don't get into a fight in a nightclub. 24%. Don't graffiti the bridge in Brookside Park. Don't throw a dumbbell at the head coach. Don't run over a cop. Don't get caught not watching film. Don't run off the sidelines to make a tackle. Don't have to get pulled out of an on-field fight by a cop. Don't drive over 100 miles per hour in your car. That was Antonio that Brown, was Antonio right? Brown. Oh, so seven yep. of 25. That's one. Oh. Don't tweet upside down. Don't steal from your teammate's locker. Don't Did Antonio Brown coach. participate in that one? Antonio Brown's probably tweeted yes. upside down also. Right? I mean, no, yeah, that was Le'Veon Bell. That was specifically at Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. yeah. But I, we're going to say Antonio Brown participated in stealing from Le'Veon Bell's locker, so we're going to give him two there. I'm sure he did. Put it in. All right. Don't argue with your coach over wearing a jacket. Don't not listen to our list of things football players shouldn't do. He's probably done that one, too. He for sure has done that one. (laughs) That's three. Don't tweet anti-gay things on Twitter. Don't decide not to pay your cab fare. Don't punch the cop who tells you to pay your cab fare. Don't pull police tasers off yourself and run away from them. Don't drive on a suspended license. Don't not pay your citations for speeding, then you won't get arrested or have your license suspended. Don't go into a cryogenic chamber without the appropriate footwear. Or Don't retire from the NFL because you can't wear your favorite protective hat. Five. Don't put your fine notice on Instagram. Six. Six. Don't call your GM the devil. Seven. Seven. Don't post a potentially illegal video of a phone call with your head coach because he didn't know he was being recorded. Eight. Don't get your $30 million contract something I forgot what you said. Voided. 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 And there's number nine. That's number nine. Nine, Antonio. 
basically let's just replace this entire list with don't, don't be Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Don't be yeah. Antonio. He ruined yeah, our segment too, it's man. It's really kind of impressive how rapidly he like he used to just be this dude, late round draft pick. All of a sudden, he's one of the best wide receivers in the, the NFL. Everybody loved him. He has the best smile in the NFL. Beats out Cam Newton. It's beautiful. But like now, everyone's like Okay, I don't know if I even want that guy on my team because he's so just toxic. Talk about the end. That's the Madden curse for you right there. That's impressive. He was on the cover of Madden, and now I don't even know. He's everything bad now. That's true. But there were actual like football games that happened in oh, okay. uh, in week oh, one. Oh yeah. That were also people talk who about could you. play who weren't caught up in their own antics or their own way. Mm-hmm. But who's getting more press? Antonio Brown. Exactly. But what should be getting press is that Vikings defense who uh, helped uh, put the Vikings up 21 nothing at halftime over the Falcons, and then the Vikings just rolled over the Falcons in a game where Kirk Cousins only threw 10 passes the entire game. That's unheard of in the NFL. Kirk Cousins does like that when he, does only, has, when he, he does only has to throw 10 passes to win the game. He does like that. Another big surprising uh, result was the Titans absolutely throttling the uh, Cleveland Browns. Everyone, including uh, one of the hosts of this podcast, thought the uh, Cleveland Browns would uh, have a good year and maybe even go to the Super Bowl. And they got booed off the field at halftime by their own fans. So maybe maybe not uh, going to the Super Bowl. But we'll have to see. Maybe not. The Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs won over the Jaguars in Jacksonville. But Tyree Kill is going to miss significant time with a the, dislocated shoulder backwards or something like that. Yeah, so it, it went posteriorly uh, towards his back, which could cause potentially cause some serious um, health concerns. They were able to uh, get that resolved when he was rushed to the hospital. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs are looking at options on whether to place him uh, on the designated IR or designated to return from IR. Um, so he could be out anywhere from six to eight weeks is the prediction uh, that the Chiefs are rolling with right now. Uh, so look for Sammy Watkins to have more of a role. He had a huge game, nine receptions, uh, 198 yards receiving and three touchdowns, breakout performance. Pat Mahomes went for... 378 yards passing and three touchdowns to start his uh, chase for 50-plus passing touchdowns on the year. Against the one team that held him without a touchdown last year. I heard that said so many times leading up to it, and it lasted about a minute in this game. Yep. And uh, the other other news for the Jaguars is, uh, so a uh, quarterback that the Cyclones are very familiar with had to take over for Nick Foles. Nick Foles broke his uh, broke his collarbone on a hit on the second drive of the game on a on a beautiful absolutely beautiful throw for a touchdown uh, to Chark. Um, DJ Chark, great pass, but Nick Foles is done for a long time, and Gardner Minshew uh, came in to replace him. He still have that stupid mustache. Yep, it's even bigger now. <laughs> hey. Um, in other news across the NFL, in the worst opening game in NFL history, <laughs> both the Packers and the Bears looked awful on Thursday. That was, that was that's the worst game I've watched in a while. Some could say it was good defense, and it was some good defense, but that was just a lot of bad offense. I think Mitch Trubisky threw it to Packers <laughs> defenders like four times, but they dropped three of them. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers only threw one touchdown. He didn't look good. Both offenses were too cute. The Bears didn't give the ball to David Montgomery nearly enough, despite him being the only one who looked like he could move the football. Did you see him, effect. though? His yards per carry oh, was man. similar with the other back. I mean, I yeah. Thought, I thought it looked good. But he had that heck of a catch. Yep. How many games did I tell you that day? How many baseball games outscored that game? Five? Something like that, yeah. I think there were five MLB games on that day that have more points scored than an NFL game. <laughs> Heck, on, on, on Sunday, the Houston Astros scored 21. So, there was a time on Sunday where the Miami Marlins were outscoring the, uh, the Miami Dolphins. So, Well, anybody can do that, right? <laughs> That's true. 
But you think they'll go 0-16? I think they're going to try. I mean, they've given up already, right? That looks like a team that didn't want to be there. Like sometimes you see it in like week 17 where a team, you know, wants their coach fired. So they'll just yeah. give up. They look like they did that already in week one. It's week <laughs> one. You can't play. Like, you're going to get yourself hurt if you play like that every game. When do you think the Raiders are going to look like that? Uh, I don't know. I think some of them still respect John Gooden. Yeah. I stopped respecting him like immediately when we I, traded I away our two best that. players before the season even started. Did you, and see, John did you see John Gooden's quote after I they cut Antonio quote. Brown? Yeah. He's like, he didn't even get to meet Khalil Mack. Yeah, at least I got to meet Antonio Brown. We didn't get to meet Khalil Mack. Man, I don't know. I, I always thought that I was critical of the Steelers' locker room with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell happening at the same time. But ever since Antonio Brown has left, I'm like, well, actually, he seemed pretty reined in there. So now, Oh, my goodness. Deshaun Watson just did it. Kyle, this is, this is not a live podcast. It kind of is now. It kind of is now. Shout out to Hopkins on my fantasy team, though. Deshaun but, Watson to Kenny Stills for a 37-yard touchdown to put, to tie uh, the Texans and the Saints pending the extra point with 37 seconds left. Breaking oh, no. News. I'm streaming. It was breaking to me. I'm behind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess I'll watch the play now. <laughs> but like I was saying, this seems – Typical to me. How long was his deal for John Gruden? Ten years. Ten years, a hundred million. He doesn't care. He doesn't nope. care about this team right now. He doesn't care about Oakland. They're literally just throwing crap away so they can get draft picks so they can start over when they get to Las Vegas. This is the exact same thing that happened with the St. Louis Rams. They didn't try, and now all of a sudden, as soon as they get to Los Angeles, they're uh, they're able to contend and go to a Super Bowl. It's the same thing. They're just sitting there and they're wasting everybody's money who like actually supported this team for years and years. And I don't like it. I sense a little bit of bitterness in that uh, land. It is. <laughs> it's like the opposite version of Jeff Fisher. They just signed Jeff Fisher to, to suck for the whole time and then fire him once they got to L.A. They're just like, just don't bother, John. You can do. We're not even going to bother until we leave. Mm-hmm. Even though Oakland fan base is well known as one of the most, we'll say, enthusiastic fan bases, to use a nice word. They are, yeah. They haven't That's... killed anybody recently, right? I don't think so. But no. maybe, no was it a, was it a Niners fan that killed a Raiders fan? It was the other way around. That happened recently. They just I need to get rid of some of the football teams in California. They have too I mean, many. they're going to. So. That's true. Anyway. If they want to give one to St. Louis. You, you take it? Yeah. Okay. Oh, we'll, we'll keep that in mind. We'll try to get you there. Drew Brees, yeah, do you, you. want to relocate the Saints to uh, St. Louis? Shout the out Saint, to Drew Saints Saints well, St. Louis. Speaking <laughs> of the Saints, they might have lost their season opener for the sixth year in a row. So. See, now they're going to win, and people are going to think Saints that are done. really bad at season openers. They So the Texans missed the extra point attempt, but the Saints... Uh, got a rough in the kicker it. penalty, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so they got to retry it, and he buried oh, it. No. Yeah, so, you keep us up to the updated on that game, Kyle, while you I also will. talk about your Royals. Yeah, so um, Solaire keeps hitting the ball a long way, um, continues the breakout uh, season. He now has uh, 41 on the year, um, continuing to extend his uh, home run uh, single season home run record for in Royals history. Um, and apparently they like to win now. Uh, they've won three straight series. Uh, granted, they've done it against the Orioles, the Tigers, and the Marlins. What you meant to say was they don't like to lose as much as they all like to lose. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is true. What I'm actually saying is the Royals... Uh, uh, young core is better than those three teams' young core, so that's good, like, I guess. Like in, uh, um, like lose. But uh, another thing is Whit Merrifield has regained his lead as the MLB's hits leader uh, by a substantial margin, um, and with the amount of games left, he has the uh, ability to reach 200 hits on the season which is nothing short of impressive. So 
Nice. I'm glad we kept him and didn't actually trade him away. Nice. Yeah, that's probably good. You need a you need a player to keep the fans somewhat interested. Yeah. So maybe Merrifield will be that. Uh, Merrifield and Soler have been doing it so far. So. Yeah. On the other hand, the Twins have been keeping people interested just by you know being good. This team is going to win the division. They still sit here with a five and a half game lead over the Cleveland Indians for the division title. Um, despite Cleveland taking two out of three in um, in Minnesota here this past weekend. I'd like to take a pause here and yeah. uh, just point out, last time I was on this podcast, uh, Mike was in complete meltdown and saying the <laughs> Twins were going to crap their season away. They weren't going to the playoffs and everything was on fire and everyone should panic. And it seems like that hasn't happened. It's, it's amazing what playing nobody but the uh, Tigers and White Sox over the course of two <laughs> weeks can do for your season. There you go. So, as Kyle's Royals just demonstrated. So, but yeah, they're going to, and Cleveland has fallen off when they played, you know, like the Yankees and Red Sox and Rays. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good. They're going to win this division. It would take an epic collapse not to, but the Twins have certainly caught the injury bug. It was so bad that Sunday in Cleveland – or against Cleveland, the Twins put two guys on with two out in the bottom of the ninth, and the Twins have Ryan Lamar batting. Now, the funny thing about that is the Twins had traded for Ryan Lamar at 10 o'clock that morning, and he was and he was up in a game down three with two on and two out in the ninth at 4 o'clock that afternoon after being traded for six hours ago. That's bad. That's bad when your team is so hurt that that is the, the the situation you're left in. That's just efficiency. It is. They got him onboarded so fast. They're ready to go. He struck out though. Good so job, wasn't... Twins. Oh well, you can only do yeah. you can only do so much for him. Yeah, but yeah. So there was that. But uh, otherwise, they're still going to win this division. But Max Kepler's hurt. Byron Buxton might not swing a bat the rest of this year. Marwin Gonzalez is hurt. Miguel Sano has got a sore back. Nelson Cruz blew up his wrist. Sergio Romo's knee zigs when it should zag. Sam Dyson can't feel his arm. Michael Pineda's suspended 60 games for PEDs. The Saints just kicked a game-winning field goal. Everything's going wrong for the Twins. <laughs> you guys are spoiling everything. The Saints? <laughs> I, I don't the have Saints? cable. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even realize they had that timeout in their pocket. They did it. It's a big bright yellow thing on the end of the screen. <laughs> okay, except for ESPN changed the color, so even when it's like the other one, it's not like it. The yellow isn't super obvious though. I'm looking at it. They just open your eyes, Kyle. So. That was that was his career long field goal and. Perfect time because it was a game winner. I'm just realizing how far behind my uh, my ESPN <laughs> streaming app is now. Splitting yeah, the difference cool. between how good the Twins are and how bad the Royals are, we have the Chicago Cubs. Still clinging to number two in the NL Central, which is still basically a dumpster fire. Four and a half, five games behind the Cardinals, which super sucks. Go Cardinals. Yeah, no. Javi Baez has a hairline fracture on his hand. Addison Russell's out. He got hit in the face with a pitch on Sunday. It's better than hitting somebody else in the face. That's what he normally does. That Guys, he, the I'm Saints just into that one. game-winning field goal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Crazy. <laughs> oh, man. So basically we have no shortstop. So we're calling up Nico Horner from AA Tennessee. Go Smokies for our uh, emergency, emergency shortstop, which is kind of fun. I haven't seen anybody come up from directly from the Smokies in a while. Uh, but, you know, the Cubs are still doing pretty bad. Had a rough series against the Brewers. We've three of eight for them in the past two four-game series. and uh, It's not exciting. So, uh, basically, we need some more wins. We're probably not going to win the division, and everybody on the team's dead. Go Cubs. Nice. Yeah. Cardinals you know keeping who's, it tight. You know who's not dead? A, a lot of people. Yes, but Willens Astadio is not dead. La Tortuga <laughs> is alive and well. During this last week, he was 5 for 14 for the Twins with an RBI and a run. Uh, he's been playing some infield. He's been playing some catcher. He's just playing all over the place. He actually took five straight pitches in an at-bat once uh, here this week. So that was pretty impressive because uh, 
he doesn't take pitches, and he took five straight in that at bat. So good job, Williams Astudillo. Keep hitting above 330, and you'll uh, might just find your way onto this playoff roster with how beat up the Twins are right now. So go, Williams Astudillo, La Tortuga, baseball savior. Woo! That's all I was saying. <clears throat> No, you have more to say, too, because I think we're going right into Mike's stupid rules. True. What do you got this week, Mike? Yeah, so I've got a rule that created a uh, a rule that created a five-minute argument during my slow-pitch softball game here this past week. So here we go. So it has to do with tagging up on fly balls, right? Seems pretty simple, but there was a lot of of stuff here. So basically, there was a fly ball that was bobbled. And people weren't sure if he caught it and whatnot, but the ump said he caught it and he was out, okay? So then what happened is the runner on third base tagged up legally and uh, scored. So after the fly ball was caught, there were two outs. The guy on third tagged up legally and scored. The guy on second did not tag up legally, right? And so, uh, and so he was doubled off on second base, okay? And so he was called out on the double play. The argument ensued over whether or not that run from the guy who tagged third to home legally should count or not. So the official ruling on that is right because, as you know from his previous stupid rule, a force out to end um, for the third out of an inning, the run wouldn't count. But if it's not a force out, the run does count. The official ruling is that that is not a force out in this case because – um, because once the ball was caught, that runner on second base was no longer forced to advance to third. He could have gone back to second base if he wanted. So since he was not forced, that run can count. So there you go. Yeah. If you okay. double somebody up ta- uh, for an illegal tag on a fly ball, a run can still count scoring on that play, even if it's a third out. The other aspect of that play was whether or not that runner had actually tagged illegally or not. Because there was an argument over whether or not you can tag as soon as the outfielder catches the ball or whether as soon as he touches the ball, since he was bobbling it for a few seconds. So it turns out the visual question, as soon as the ball is touched by that outfielder, you can tag it. You can tag in advance. So you get a twofer on stupid rules, courtesy of my slow-pitch softball game there. There's your stupid rules. Did that make sense to everyone? Actually, yeah. No. I think the, the second part of that was more interesting than the first, though. That's mostly because I didn't really think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't know that rule. That's interesting. And I, you get to keep talking some more, too, Kyle. Or Mike. Oh, jeez. Kyle, you just keep talking. Have <laughs> you enjoyed talking these last yeah, few segments? I, I really do enjoy talking. So I'm just going to say something that I don't understand still. The Raiders yeah. just need to stop playing on a baseball game. It's diamond. awful, isn't it? It looks It's horrible. Terrible. I hate it every time I see it. That, that's fair. That's disgusting. Do you know what else is disgusting? I don't know. But we're going to go on to the accountability section anyway. <laughs> and out of 10 transition. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's fine. We had three predictions come off the board this week. Um, the first one was one from Kyle, who predicted that Roger Federer would win the uh, U.S. Open. That's what you predicted, right, Kyle? Yeah. That didn't happen. Yeah. Rafa Nadal ended up winning it in an epic four-set, oh, five-set five match. Five-set? Five hours. He won the first two sets and then lost the second two, decisive fifth set, Mm -hmm. pulled it out. But anyway, so for that prediction, Kyle gets a nah. Uh, Last week, Kyle also predicted that college game day would come to Ames for this week. He is correct on that. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding. The other prediction to come off the board was that mine that I said David Montgomery would score in week one. Um, only one bear scored in week one, and that was the kicker. So for that, I get a nah. They didn't even give him the ball enough to give him an opportunity to score. Pretty much. All right. Um, Kyle, you want to lead us off with your predictions? Yeah. Whit Merrifield will reach 200 hits by the end of the season. How many hits is he at right now? What do you got now? Uh, I believe last time I checked, it was either 186 or 187. It is 185. Got to be prepared for this. Okay. According to Baseball Reference, and Baseball Reference doesn't lie. Yeah, that's right. How many Love games baseball. do I have left? Probably about 20. Yeah. Hmm. So basically, 15 hits uh, in 20 games. So that's probably a single, is all. Pretty reasonable. Yeah, that's just a single. Yeah. Okay. 
single for Kyle. Uh, Wyatt, I still don't have a prediction in mind, so you got to go next. I'm going to say the Iowa State game decision score will be scored with less than one minute on the clock. Ooh, so the, 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 winning, the game-winning point will be scored with less than a minute left on the clock? Yes. So you have that the game will be decided in the last minute and it won't go into overtime because that's what you predicted last week? I just said within the last minute. I didn't say what quarter. What? The game could be decided with less than one minute left in the first quarter. No, what? <laughs> yeah. What? They if nobody else scores after that, it's <laughs> mean, definitely a game. Technically, he is. No. <laughs> technically, with the way he worded that prediction. Oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> of vision. It really doesn't matter, though, because it's still just as likely to happen in the fourth as it is in the other quarter, really. No, it's way less likely. Nah, You're going to get a double for that. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stop talking about I it. Guess so. it's <laughs> Although statistically, yeah, you could probably find that the last minute of you know football games are generally meaningless as people just kneel or are too far away to do anything. I agree with how I am. Unless you're Drew Brees and the Saints. True. Then you just, it's all about special teams. There you go. Yep. Do you have a... the better special teams there? They rammed into the kicker, but they kicked it, so. Mm-hmm. It works. Do you have anything in mind yet, Mike? Um, yes. My prediction is that the Cleveland Indians will not only not catch the Twins, but they will not make the playoffs at all. Wow. They won't even be a wild card. Okay. How many games out are they of the wild card spot? A game and a half behind Oakland, two and a half behind Tampa. The two teams that hold the wild card spots right now. Double? Uh, Double. fair. For, just as a reference on the percentages, the Indians have about a 45% chance to make the playoffs. So. Double. Double. Double seems yeah. good. Also, uh, I would like to argue this rating system. I was thinking about this the other week. Uh, it is much harder to hit a triple than it is to hit a home run. So technically, right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the way the slugging percentage is added up. Right. But the way that we're speaking about it on this segment, we're determining which is the hardest to make come true. So, like, you know, a triple. Mm. Or yeah, a, like, but, uh, but that would still have slugging percentages then. That's yeah. true. But you, that's true. <laughs> so, I get I your point. like to be a contrarian. I, I agree with your point, but... But we're not going to do can't. it. can't. Do we have uh, a... Do you have a prediction from Josh this week? I do. Josh has predicted that the he is all in on the Packers' defense actually being good and not Mitch Trubisky just being awful. And he is predicting <laughs> that the Packers will hold the Vikings to under 14 points on Sunday. No. Can we give him a single no. just because that's a joke? No. We no. Give him, we uh, give him a, I give him a I give double, him a triple. triple. Yeah, something yeah I give him, him a triple. Triple? Right, yeah, I still think it's Josh funny, though. I think oh, the yeah. Vikings offense is a lot better than that. Oh, my yeah. God, yes. The is Packers defense was so bad last year. Them adding a couple players, does it make them, like, that much better? You, you mean they got, got a new head coach? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Anyway. Oh, yeah, you got a prediction or not? Up to oh, you. No, Take your pick. Let's see. Let me think about it. While he's um, thinking about it, while we were talking about triples, it reminded me of something. The Royals have three players tied for the league lead in triples. The league lead. That's fun. Nobody oh, hits triples. So Mondesi, Whit Merrifield, and Hunter Dozier. Who Nobody is hits triples anymore. See, you want to know why the Royals are bad? It's because they're good at doing the things that nobody cares about in baseball anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, like actually playing defense in the like, field. No, like running the bases. Nobody like cares losing. about that in baseball. Yeah, Montesi was if Montesi was out for a third of the season and he's still second in the league in stolen bases. That's because teams would just rather hit 300 home runs than steal some bases. So that's what speed do. Also, Jorge Soler has 0.0 WAR for the season. Nice. Yuck. That means he's been worthless. Yeah. yeah. Except he's hit four runs. He must play really bad defense. He doesn't play defense. They keep him out of the field. Exactly. All right, Ian. Last chance for a prediction. All right. Um, let's see. I am going to predict 
that Kyler Murray is going to pass for more yards than Patrick Mahomes next week against the Ravens' defense. Interesting. Yeah, I'd give okay. that a triple. So for reference, run, the Chiefs run. have Oakland next week. Yes. Oh. Home run? Yeah. Home Seems run. highly unlikely. Yeah, yeah. that's Home extremely run. unlikely. But I want it to happen, though. He was a straight baller in that fourth quarter. So yeah, I'm just he was. Yes, he was. All in. Agreed. Did also, you see what? Did you see one of his linemen tried to hop over him to avoid Doc yeah, running him over? Not. Well, he almost made it because Kyler Murray's so short. You but guys, I still you guys feel like wanna... Kyler Murray, like, I don't know, proportionally, he somehow looks like an infant. He has a weirdly <laughs> large, big head and a tiny body. He looks like a, like a toddler. It doesn't help that his <laughs> it's shoulders weird. are so Still narrow. Arms. <laughs> He's weird funny. looking, man. Well, this plan was thought through. Mike, before we get, before we get sidetracked again, I'm going to say that that is the end of our Write That Down <laughs> prediction segment. Uh. And being that that's the end of the segment, that also means we are now at the end of the episode. Oh, one other prediction from me. I'm going to beat Wyatt this week in fantasy. No, that's crap. That's a single. You're, you're definitely going <laughs> to beat That's not you decided. The game's over. over. Oh, the game's over? Oh, yeah, it's crap. true. I just thought I'd throw that's it out there. You can't, you can't do that. You did beat me in fantasy. I didn't draft, though. I was, I was stuck in Duluth problem, with no cell reception. Mm. There's plenty of cell reception in Duluth. Not where yep. we were at. We pants. were like, I don't know if I had pants on either, to be quite honest. Well, I don't know if we need to know about that. That was we more do. information than I needed to know for my evening. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you more. But before we do that, we need to end this episode because we Seems are way like off the rails. Thank you so much for listening to episode 46 of the 8311 cast. We certainly appreciate you turning in and listening to all things sports and allowing us to bring them to your beautiful ears. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at 8311cast. Share with your friends, family, people that you hate, people that you love. Doesn't matter to me. Tell them about our podcast or don't. I'm not your mom or your father. Probably. Signing off for the 8311cast, we have your hosts. Kyle Mersh. Mike Ludwig. And Wyatt Tudor. I was getting you. I was getting you. And of course, our special guest, Arian Berry. Thank you so much, Arian, for coming on. We love having you on here. I love being here. We will talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Hashtag the Island. Hashtag College Games Day.